0: You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Claret and Blue Podcast. We have Leighton Castle on the line with us today. How are you Leighton? I'm fine,
1: thanks Matt. Yourself? You well?
0: Yeah, not bad. In case there's any um any Villa fans wondering, well, I can't remember him playing for playing for the Villa back in nineteen seventy-three. I'll give you I'll give you the big introduction. Layton is the I don't know, the brains behind, the creative genius behind the sub on the tyne banner which um, wound up thousands of geordies and obviously we got we got Newcastle coming back to Villa Park this weekend and um, Steve Bruce and all. So I just wanted to to take you back down memory lane later really to, to talk about the, the inspiration for that banner. Why did the kind of mischief the the mis, mischievous element of your personality decide to create that banner in the first place?
1: Purely to wind up the Geordies. Simple as that. There's no other reason other than to just wind up the Geordies on the day. Going into that game, you you remember Newcastle had um, recently appointed Shira, uh and he was there like Messiah. If you remember, we had another banner as well. Um, you know, who's your next Messiah? or Deck, whatever. Because the whole thing about the Geordies, more to do with the media. I think, in all fairness, is you know the, the way they just kind of pile on. You know, their love and admiration for the Geordie fans are the best in the world. And, you know, there's all this kind of mythical thing about, you know, it's, it's the only club in the city and everybody in Newcastle sports. And, and it, you know, it, you say that about a lot of clubs, in all fairness, apart from being the only club in the city. But, you know, all fans are important to the clubs and all fans are great. But, yeah, it was purely to wind them up because um, uh, we knew that they would bite. And it's just fun. There's no malice intended in it. Um, it was them coming to Villa Park, a very high probability that they could have get well right, uh, eradicated on that day, and it was just an opportunity not to be missed. It really was, and we also had some cloth left over from a few years before, from the uh, "We're Not Fickle" banner that I mean uh, the lads did.
0: I love that element of the story. That well, I love all the elements of the story, but I just love the idea that. Yeah, just got a bit of cloth left over and I might as well, you know. So, it's gonna, the missus is going to use it for dusters if I don't put it to good use. I'm feeling
1: safe for the Georges at the moment, at the, uh, to be honest, with Steve and Bruce there. They're going through what we went through and I think they're all seeing it. But yeah, th- th- there's this mythical thing about Newcastle United and it just winds me up, to be honest.
0: Just setting the scene back then, I think it was, um, I think it was May 2009. Um, I think I'm right in saying that a Damien Duff own goal eventually did for Newcastle that day and sent them down. But yeah. I think it was quite – it was like a military operation for you, wasn't it, in terms of when you when you unfurled the flag? <laughs> yeah.
1: So I used to sit in the Halton, um, but when O'Neill joined the villa, uh, my brother, older brother, decided to come back um, after a few years away on exile with uh, marriage and kids, whatever. He wanted the season ticket, and the only place I could get a season ticket with him together was going – up into the North Stand, and, and that's where I still am. The thing about the North Stand, we're in the North Stand Upper, it's not the best place to drape the banners over. And, and where we sit, we're just a bit further back to be able to know the guides properly, even to us to ask them to do us, uh, to, to drape it for us. So, what we decided to do, as for Goffy and, and Mike and the gang, they would take the banner in. Uh, where, say, we had two banners, we had the Uzi Messiah banner. And the sub on the time banner. The fingers. We was always going to have the Messiah banner draped throughout the game because that was a permanent dig. But we knew that with the sub on the time banner, which was the big one, where we had to get different cloth for that. That was white cloth, I think. It was the Messiah banner, which was the orange cloth. But the, the, the idea about the sub on the time, we wanted something to unfill if they got relegated, and. It just seemed perfect. It was it was like a, a headline pun, which we just couldn't resist. Sob on the time. It, it, it felt great. It was there, ready to unfurl once we knew that they was going down. So I was up in the north stand. As you know, the phone signal is not the best at the park even now, but back then, 10 years ago, I think it was even worse. And um, I said to Goffey, you know, don't drape it until we know it's definite, you know, maybe a, a minute before... The ref's going to blow his whistle, or when you know the the, the injury time ball goes up, and uh, I could just see being ready to be filled over. I think not yet, not yet, because you know we we didn't want to unfurl it, and then for them to go knee highs and, eat and for us to have an uh, egg in our faces when he was unfilled. Like if you remember, there was a massive cheer starting to kind of ripple and, and just erupt around the stadium. And Everybody in the lower halts was like you know, looking backwards and pointing up. at it, it was uh, it was about the timing, uh, and 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 all the credit for the timing goes to Goffey and Mike and the gang there. And there's photographs now that I think the photograph that you might put up is with uh, a few of the people standing over it and looking down. I mean that th- those those all knew what was going on. Uh, it makes me chuckle because you know, some of the photographs I've seen uh, and the comments on the chat boards have all been uh, you know, calling all these people all the names under the sun, and uh, and it was me at the opposite end of the <laughs> looking at the Geordies, and I could see the Geordie fans um, in the away section, you know, kind of spitting blood, and it just made it even funnier.
0: On top of that, and whether it was more material left over again, you know, or whether you got a, a discount from Walsall Market or wherever you got it from, but it happened again didn't it i mean obviously we shared their pain didn't we because we went down we yeah. went down in two thousand and um 2015 16 and i think you was it just what was it you just managed to put a little add on didn't you because they yeah, came down well, with us that year
1: i never expected it to make such a kind of palaver i mean still to this day you yeah, know there's kind of this stupid fake rivalry between the two clubs. And it might be, oh, yeah, it is through that kind of, um, that first banter. But banter between football fans, I love it. As long as it doesn't kind of go over the line into violence, I, I think banter's fine. I'm missing that so much at the moment, not being able to be at the ground. And I think that's what makes football so special. I think me and you, Matt, we're from the same kind of vintage and we can remember the days in the Holt and, you know, when it was terracing still and and we was at the back end of that, you know, um, where we saw and we was able to see the transition. I would love to go back to the all-standing terrace of the Holt and the banter felt different and it's become a lot more sterilised nowadays and that's not necessarily a bad thing, uh, but it's... uh, it, it, it does take away some of the um the fun which only I think you can find on terraces. I think that humour you can find on terraces, it's unique and, and I and I love it and I'm really missing it. So to all the Geordies, you know, no offence. I feel very sorry for you at the moment with what's happening with Brucey. And you are a big club. I like Newcastle. I've got a lot of good customers up there. Um and they are the great people. But when it comes to football for those 90 minutes um, I reserve the right to be able to take the mic.
0: I think that's probably one of my greatest frustrations d- during this lockdown that, you know, people said that football's nothing without fans. And they're kind of almost trying to prove that football is something without fans. And to yeah. me, to me, if football was just that kind of 90 minutes that happens on a, well, any night of the week now, a Wednesday night, a Thursday night, a Saturday afternoon, a Sunday evening or whatever, I think it'd be a bit kind of boring, but I like all the kind of sideshow and the fun. It is tribalism. Like I'm with you that the tribalism stops at a point where. It remains banter and it doesn't get out of hand. Yeah. But I think that kind of bit of mischief was, was encapsulated by by the banners that you've put together.
1: It's not the ninety minutes of football as much as what happens before the game and you know meeting up with your mates, the drink the whole thing surrounding that those ninety minutes. That's really important, and uh, well, as soon as we can return to those uh, that, 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 that that kind of thing, the better. Back back to what you were saying regarding the second time with a banner. It was the year we got relegated, obviously, wasn't it? And we we was bringing them down with us. They were a poor team, and I think if I remember correctly, that result at Villa Park was going to determine if they was going to get relegated or staying up. Is that correct?
0: I believe so, yeah.
1: Maybe we'll check that my,
0: mind, my mind's, mate, <laughs> yeah,
1: my mind yeah. it seemed like 100 years ago now. There were like six or seven. But um, because they made such a fuss about the first banner and got so riled by it, we thought, well, we can't miss out on this opportunity. So what we did, we took it in the game, but we just put again on it, if you remember. We, we had a great big extra piece of cloth and we just attached it onto the sub on the sign. So it just read, sub on the sign again. And it just, it was perfect. It was just kind of a, an open goal. We just couldn't miss it. And what was good about it as well, you know, the days leading up to that match, um, you, we was like reading in the papers and all that, forums on Twitter, whatever, you know, all the Georges were going to bring their own banners and that kind of stuff and get one over the Villa fans, you know, you know, taking the mick out of the Villa fans because we were relegated and, and you know, one of the worst teams in the division ever, I think, were we were that season. But if you remember that day, it was like a party at Villa Park. Can you remember all the inflatables which were like yeah. bombarded onto the pitch before kick just a kick off. I mean it was crazy. It was you know it was it was football humour, you know, you, we are there, we know we will be you can't knock us, you know, if anyone's gonna take them mick care of us well, we're going to do it better than what you're going to do.
0: It was weird. It was like a kind of it was like the kind of world's greatest wake in a way, wasn't it? Because you know yeah. I, mean? I think there was the protest before the game as well, wasn't there? With the town crier kind of yeah. marching down, marching down from the Hulk pub.
1: Uh, all, all of the anger about how poor the team was. I think it had been sucked like all the life had been sucked out. It was. The only thing left for us to do was to celebrate the season ended. What was
0: the fallout like in your messages then? I I should imagine you were kind of the most hated man in the, in the northeast, weren't you for a couple of months?
1: It took quite a few months actually for any direct messages to come my way because I was reading, obviously, you know, you could read it on the, on the Villa hashtag kind of thing. And um, it was, you know, as a, you know, a bunch of other fans, you know, he was being used as a collective rather than aimed just towards myself or me and the me and the gang of lads. On the whole, I think it just touched a nerve. You can't go around Iron and Mighty saying that you're the best fans in the world and then not expect to uh, have a little bit of ridicule now and again. I, I have no question that the Newcastle fans, you know, the proper Newcastle fans who go to the games or whatever, you know, they support their club you know, just as much as what you and me do. Every fan is passionate about their their club. It doesn't matter who you support. And, you know, Newcastle are our, our big club. You know, I mean, it's a fantastic stadium up there. We've been through a lot of difficulties over the last 10 years, especially as a club, as a fan base, I and mean, we've saw the club need to go out of business altogether. And you know how um, heartbreaking it is. I and mean, we know just through COVID, you know the one thing which has kept most of the fans, you know, positive and, and happy. I'm sure through COVID, more than any many other things, apart from their family, um, um, good health would be the Villa. I mean, you know, we were uh, nailed on to get relegated before COVID; I think it was going to happen. And then since it, you know we had Project Restart, where we stayed up and played some decent stuff, and then since obviously the start of this season. It's been brilliant. It's been one of the best periods um, in our last 10 years. Unfortunately, not been able to be there. So we know just how important it is for our football club to play well and to do well and for I think behind the scenes to be going well. And when it isn't, it can really affect you. I feel I always do feel sorry for football fans when their club is being mistreated. And with the Geordies at the moment, they don't deserve what's going on with their club. I mean, they've got an owner there who, you know, is just, let's say, be honest, he's, he's a snake, you know, when it comes to um, football ownership. You know, he's not a custodian um, of that club, um, doing any credit at all. Um, and they're, I think they're in very, very high risk of getting relegated this season. I do genuinely feel concerned for the, the Geordie fans because they they don't deserve what's happening there. No no football fans deserve it. On top of that, they've got Steve Bruce and <laughs> oh my God. The comment is coming out with, you know, I've been in charge X amount and now I'm gonna do it my way. What? <laughs> but why haven't you been doing it your way since you've been Whose there? way has he been doing it? The thing is with Steve Bruce, we know what his way is. His way is turgid, boring Negative football. You know, he, he doesn't go out to to win a game. He goes out not to lose. When you're not really in the mix to uh, win cup competitions or compete for you know European places, at least you want to see some decent football and, and and get excited. Those Geordie fans at the moment, you know, I'm I'm sure that even with all the games on TV, you know, I, I bet they'd rather be watching reruns of Crossroads or yeah, Brookside rather than... Well, it's Boyker Ooh, Grove in it and
0: Jossie's
1: Giants up there. Yeah, oh, Jossie's the Giants, best theme tune ever, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Manchester though, not Newcastle, weird. Um, but I've got the DVD set, That's great. But <laughs> I, um, I, yeah, I suspect some of them will be finding other things to do than watching Steve Boots' team at the moment because it's that bad. What they could really do with, in all fairness, this, this transfer window is to sign Glenn Whelan. That's the best thing that they could do. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best thing they could do. But uh, it's a shame there's going to be no cabbages at uh, the park when we play them on Saturday nights. I'm I'm wondering maybe if uh, your mate Ash can sneak one in.
0: Get some sprouts in his pockets potentially.
1: Everyone might be left over
0: from Christmas. Uh, <laughs> I love that your message. Your message to um to Newcastle fans: get sign Glenwell and get him on penalty duties and raid the local greengrocers. Thanks so much for um for taking us on a, a little kind of trip down memory lane. Uh, like you, I, I like the nonsense and the fun and the banter that, that that surrounds football. And I think I think your your little bits of kind of art and craft just giving us a little bit of a chuckle along the way because you know football's not always you know. 7-2 victories over Liverpool, is it? And glorious goals. Sometimes you have to find ways of coping with the uh, the miserable times, as Newcastle are finding find at the moment. So yeah. just wanted to kind of finish off by saying thanks thanks for joining us. Thanks for taking time out of your day. Stay exactly. safe. Yeah. Eventually we will meet over a point uh, in the yeah. shadows of Villa Park somewhere. Sometime soon, hopefully, mate. But um, until then, up the Villa. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed tonight's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Until then, up the villa.